everybody. Welcome to Cool Games Inc. Jr. It's Cool Games Inc.'s cool little brother. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Nick Robinson. Now, Griffin, you it's- and I love this format because we both have cooler... Wait, no, you're the little <laughs> brother. Shit. That's true. I have three cooler uh- little brothers. You have zero. That must be really challenging you, We've for never talked you. about this. We both come from very, like, boy-centric families. I'm the oldest of four boys, and you're the youngest of three. Yeah, we have seven boys Among between us. just the two of us. That's um, wild. Yeah, it's it's it was it's just it's just and one might argue it's it's too many you could, boys. You can make that case, definitely. Yeah. Um. So you sound like dog shit, and we should point out it's because <clears throat> you're in North Carolina and you didn't bring your fucking high tech, no. fucking uh studio gilded recording studio quality gilded, gilded microphone. Gold. Um. And I sound pretty rough too because I I think I'm just always going to be sick until my baby turns like 18. Okay. It's just I uh, love the love this little guy, right? This little dweeb, this little dub, this little goobus. But it is a, he is a vessel for contagions, illnesses, and that illnesses and contagions. And it's just um, my body is just riddled with worms. And so we're gonna do a shorter one so I can go um well back to bed. And so I think maybe I'm sorry I'm a little um lugubrious right now because I I'm all souped up. With a tomato basil bisque. So you're souped up with soup, literally. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say souped up in like terms of like they've made a car go faster. But in fact, I put soup in my body so much so that it will not go faster. Oh, you've slowed in it. Fact, it there be, is diminishing it's, returns. It's a real bell curve to the amount of soup that you can benefit from in a human body. I love soup, though. It is good. I love it anyway, because you, you can't mess it up. Either it's full of marvelous little chunks that is like a fun little discovery every time you mm-hmm. get one, or it's just an o- a placid ocean of Consistency. sort of a uniform flavor. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, which one do you like better, when it's sort of chunk discoveries or the placid ocean of flavor? I think I'm a chunk guy just because, like... Yeah, that way the the variety speaks to me. It's like you know shades of Lucky Charms to the whole experience. Um, yeah. Although I did have a really good, very smooth cauliflower bisque last night that my mommy made it's, me. A bisque is good. And they yeah, treated me great. I had a fever of a hundred and three point five a couple of nights ago. That's, and Griffin, that's a song lyric. You literally had a fever of a hundred and three. You're hot blood. Oh, what, what was it? Oh, that's that one. Yeah, from El, um, Elvis Presley. I think that's right. I, I wandered out into the living room because uh, the baby had woken up at like 5.30 and Rachel was uh, uh, trying to get him back down, but I wanted to be a helpful dad. And so I wandered out into the living room, much like a Sasquatch would, uh, with this 103.5 temperature. And I don't remember the things I said, but I do remember saying like, I want to help so you can sleep. And then I promptly fell into the wall and knocked a poster off the wall. Oh my God. And in that moment, I was... The world's greatest dad. Right, that was your way of helping. So now I eat soup to for power. And what do you do with that? All that power? Are you lying on a couch, or are you? What? How does it work? I mostly just try to sit really still while my body sweats like a lot. Well, Griffin some fights Griffin, you know. Yeah, there's sort of an internal. Did you see Osmosis Jones? I did. We've talked about it a lot. I feel like. Have we? I, we've brought up Osmosis Jones at least twice on this podcast. But maybe I'm, I you guess. know what could be happening is I could be getting our private conversations about Osmosis Jones. A lot of people think that the only time we talk is on the on on the air on the podcast, but we have we Skype every single day just to catch up on what's happening in the Osmosis right, Jones. Right, we got fandom. the o- 
we have the OJ Slack channel, mm-hmm. and some people see that and they pop in thinking we're talking about the the People versus OJ Simpson show, right, then, or the 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 thirty under thirty documentary that well, ESPN even just the did. Beverage could be in there. You could, A lot uh, of people think it's the the beverage, but no. And then they should pop in and like I thought that um, I thought that David Schwimmer did really good, and we're like, no, 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 no. You're he wasn't else. in Osmosis Jones. That film. was Bill Murray was in that one. It's easy to get. I get those two mixed up a lot, though. I think, and David Schwimmer did do good in that, mm-hmm. and it's like, welcome back, Mr. Schwimmer. My palms are so fucking sweaty right now. I'm gonna like, I just can't. I'm just ooh, I just rub them together, and it's like there's no friction. Ooh. Uh, do you wanna... Should we talk about games? Yeah, sure. Uh, we do. This is a podcast where we talk about games. Really feeling it. Really, just sort of doing the. <laughs> you ever do the thing when you're sweating and you just kind of grab the front of your blouse and you pull it back and forth just to try to get the cool layer in the shirt? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of fanning, creating sort of a wind tunnel up you. Oh, it's nice stuff. How about this one from um, Tul- Tulip Hambone? Who says, papers, please, but instead of checking passports, you check dogs to see if they're good dogs or bad dogs. Mm. Um, we're not going to put any stamps on any dogs. Sorry, PETA. But what we is get a lot of, We get emails still. Do you, are you somehow on the PETA blast I'm email not, PR blast not, list? I not my email yet. Nintendo's cow milking <laughs> games, game prompts PETA to push for realism. You didn't have to weigh in on this one, I think. Yeah, they maybe could have sat back on and this not one. You could have come at come at us with your really great and very subtle Pokemon clones, but this one not as much. Um, Isn't there like any, they did a Mario game where you jump on the Goombas and the Goombas are like they're all cows very being gory or something? Yeah, yeah, it's very edgy stuff. It's like um, so that game though was like actually had a really addictive like score chase element like i was really into it mm. like i played it a lot and it was like really fucking fun uh got it on mobile and it was just like i'd be on the subway and just like gotta get my high score no, on no, goomba no. crush yeah, going to town um so he, the problem is are there bad dogs <clears throat> that is that is going to be the the issue i mean i think for the purposes of this I, game they're because it's not much of a game if you're imagine papers please but everyone gets through like that's not that's not a good game i think there's only been one bad dog and it was eddie from fraser was he he did he get up to mischief or why was he bad oh you didn't want you weren't a big fraser head i watched some fraser but it was like i was 10 so none of it saved to the old hard drive hard drive Eddie the dog, the actor, the dog, the canine actor, uh, I think, like, killed a cat or two, like, on the oh, set gosh. of Frasier. Yeah. Wait, in real life? It, this was not an episode of Frasier. This was No, real? dog? How fucking busted of an episode of Frasier would that be if you watched a, a dog kill a cat? I could... Maybe it happened off screen, and then there's some neighborly drama. I could see that happening. <laughs> That would also be pretty busted. That was not really the... Usually they worked in sort of highbrow, um, sort sure. of elite, elitist comedy, not like... Like a smarm factor, not like a not like a. we learn a lesson at the end about neighborly interaction, not like a special episode of Frasier vibe. Right, no, they. I mean, they did learn a, a lesson in every episode, but mostly it was just like, we've got to tone this shit down. We are, we are unapproachable. Why are we the way we are? How are we still on the air? Um, I mean, it's a fucking hysterical show. It's just like so fucking funny. 
Yeah, this, gotta, this just seems like the the the. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's a hard. There's there just there just aren't that many bad dogs. Yeah. Um. You know what I do kind of want to do though is Which the one? opposite of decent is talking about a game where uh, it's a side scroller where your character is naked and you have to make use of strategically placed potted plants and other props in the foreground to cross the screen without the player ever seeing your character's junk. So I get it. I yeah. It's almost like I think the two biggest uh, cultural things we can pull from here are. That scene with Bart at the beginning of the Simpsons movie where he's skateboarding. Yeah, but then you do like, see his you do see his uh, boopus there. Do ultimately see the boopus, uh, and then also hey, that's uh, pretty wild, isn't it? Yeah, if you go back and think about it, it's extremely. If weird. you go back and watch, if you go back and really, and don't even you don't even have to go back. Let's be here now together, Nick, mm-hmm. and really talk about it. That they really just kind of go deep and show you that cartoon boys. Ding dong, and it's and it's wild because it's it it almost begs the question: Have they been waiting? Have they been waiting at that point for twenty years? Just like God, this fucking TV censors. All I want to do is show Bart's dick, and they're holding me back. They're yeah. holding me back. Like they've been desperate to show because it happens in like the first five minutes of the movie. Like they could not wait to they do that. They just couldn't it's, wait. If they could. What you, if what's they the first thing you guys want to do when you get out from the restrictions of of uh, broadcast? Uh, television what's what's issue number one what's the thing that the simpsons has always wanted to do is it to swear is it to show sex or violence nope it's just bart's dick i guess it's just bart's dick because he's he's very edgy he's the bart man and so we'd love Mm -hmm. to just get his dick out there so we can finally put to put to bed just sort of the just folks like curiosity here's what Mm -hmm. it is there's here's what it is is. you want to see home you want to see homer's dick too no, just Bart's. Okay, <laughs> just just Bart's, huh? That tells us a lot. Um, I also think- wild, huh? It's just a kid. Like they just showed the boy's penis right there on the movie. All right, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how to do your business, Fox. <laughs> I um, wonder if there. I wish I could have been in the uh, to be a fly on the wall in the boardroom arguments that must have happened about that scene, and the people slam their desks like, "No, no, this is our please. artistic integrity. We need Bart's dick." Um, so what's I, the another, other cultural reference? The other cultural reference to me is the works of Hideo Kojima. Um, oh, if you I played see, a little see, game called Metal Gear Solid 2, uh, mm-hmm. or I think many of the Metal Gear games might do this, but MGS2 has my favorite one, which is when Raiden gets all stripped down all naked at, uh, towards the, the the latter act of the game. And they try, uh, to, they try to get all clever, clever with that, right? And he's like always covering up his, his beeswax. and With his hands, yeah. And it, with his hands. But, but at the same time, if you do a cartwheel, you can yeah, see you go- so much of his taint that it kind of defeats <laughs> the purpose. Like, you know totally. what I mean? Like, at what point, do, so the penis is a wonder, like, it's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. Very, very erotic. And I understand why totally. Mr. Kojima wants to uh hide hide that up but at a certain point when you've seen all of the the taint or gooch as some people yeah. call it um it's like i i kind of feel like i've seen it you know i yeah it's almost in a way because i i feel like i see more penises than taints in my day-to-day yeah, life and more, as a result it's like almost more vulgar you showed me the runway but not the control tower but i still feel like i could bring this plane in for a landing <laughs> what? well put um <laughs> Yeah, no, well, but like even, so obviously we all, everyone who did that, right? You cartwheel and then you open the one of the left or right menus and you can really pause it and just see it just right and see the whole, everything they modeled there. But the, the thing that I think is more interesting for this conversation is the, when you like go in all the cut scenes, it's always barely covered up. And then also like, if you walk back into the room that Raiden is strapped to the table on and you press him up against it, 
he'll kind of put himself back in it and put his wrists up and the camera pulls out to this special camera angle that you only get when this happens yeah and there's like a soda can in the foreground and the straw is poking up and it's like that's good all, shit and it just barely covers up his wing wong and i think that that's delightful um so, so are we I, placing the objects in the foreground or what? i think it's more like it's i'm imagining a game where it's like discrete levels you're moving your platform. It's just full-on Mario controls. Maybe he's a little bit bigger, takes up more of the screen. Uh, but then, like, there's a lot of shit in the foreground. And so you don't just have to worry about jumping over a gap and, like, not falling in it. You have to worry about... There's, like, a little rainbow in the oh, foreground. Oh, I see, you know I what see, I'm I saying? see. And yeah. you've got to jump it such that Mario... And I guess it will just be Mario for the purpose of this Oh, interesting. Uh, Mario's penis is behind the rainbow and it's obscured. Uh, and I think that, that kind of will accomplish like that's that's a new gameplay element that i don't think i've seen before where like most you games, have to most follow the line you- like you're playing forza or something like that mm-hmm. but if you get off the line then mario's whole shebang is just right, right. there it is right there and i think we go we go full kojima with it where it, i mean we show it oh did he show it well he showed he showed us something right like kojima didn't have to make raiden do a full split with his ankles as far apart as possible, pointing straight up at the camera. But he chose to do that for us. I think we got to give players a little something for when they mess up. A little breadcrumb. Mario's um, taint, I, I guess. I mean, it'd be a I'm... decent... Oh, his taint. All right. Thank you for just sort of putting it out there. Yeah. Here's a suggestion from Quarter Past Chili, uh, who says, Rainbow Revolver. Uh, this is just a straight-up <laughs> great video game idea. Uh, it's okay. a multiplayer shooter. takes place at night. All players have a quick change ability that's on a cooldown, which basically lets you turn your gear into any color on the color wheel on the fly. So I'm imagining you choose between what? How many colors are there? Seven in life? There's yeah, there's seven only colors. seven. Yeah, there's only seven colors. It's, you know how like you walk down the street and everybody's houses are either red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, or violet. Yeah, Reggie Biv. Okay, so there's, I'm, I'm imagining you can pick any of those seven. Damage is done to well, opponents. I think I think I think we would maybe do some combo colors, right? Because like if one's indigo and one's violet, like those are the same. Like we don't really talk about this, but that's the You're same. Right. They're both that purple. Straight BS. So it's gonna be six colors. Um how the game works is that uh I'm assuming you're shooting them. Damage is done to opponents in any color other than your own, with each shot illuminating their appearance. So uh you basically like you could, you could be green with a green hat and a green gun. Right. Is how I'm imagining it. And then if you shoot any opponent who is a non-green color, you do damage to them. But you and your opponents have the ability to quickly change to another color. So uh, shooting those wearing the same colors, you will actually strengthen your opponents, and it says here dull their appearance. Uh, and also significant damage is done to opponents in a complementary color. So red shooting green does extra damage. So I'm imagining it's like you're shooting someone who's on the opposite end of the color wheel as you. It does double damage, right? Um, I mean, do I need to go to fucking art school to understand how to succeed at this game? I don't think you do. I think it's purely on the most basic level. I think it's just shoot players who are who are like set to a different color as you, and you can rapidly swap to a color of like an enemy you run into to absorb their damage. So I'm imagining it's like what's I guess what's exciting about this to me is that it's like this weird hybrid team based and not team based multiplayer thing where like yeah. Your cons- who your teammates are is constantly shifting based on like what what color they're they're swapping to. Can I get a fucking sniper rifle? You, I th- I don't see why not. Yeah, that Shit, a yeah, dude. I'm gonna find all the fucking best spots day one, and you're gonna be running around like, oh, it's the best comet. Switch to the color. Look at all my colors. I'm gonna be up in my fucking perch, dude. 
and I'm just gonna split your wig for all the points. Man, and I'm gonna, gonna get all the you, dude. I'm gonna camp on you, and I'm gonna camping. get all the best upgrades, dude, and the best emblems and shit. And like, I'll send you an invite to my clan, and when you join, I'll be like, idiot, and I'll kick you from the clan. Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. You're gonna have you're gonna have a sniper rifle, and you're gonna have martyrdom equipped, dude. So that I'm gonna troll you. you so hard. You're gonna show up in my games, and you'll just want to quit because you know I'm gonna fucking find you, and I'm gonna snipe you out of your little hole, dude. Oh, Griffin, I'm just here. Well, maybe we could get along and have fun together and be friends and have a good have game. fun playing your fucking baby game, dude. I'm gonna snipe your hole. And like you're you're gonna want to return the game to Babbage's where you bought it, but they won't give you back your money because it'll be like this game stinks. So this disc stinks. Did you lose really hard playing it? And you're gonna have to cry while you tell them what I did. That's gonna be really embarrassing. It sounds like for me. Are you sure you want to play this game still? Not anymore. I you thought I wanted it, but if there's gonna be people like you on there on the servers, then I I would rather not participate at all. <laughs> Um, here's one from Superfish93 who says, the video game adaptation of the film Kangaroo Jack. It's just way late. <laughs> okay, so so this is not like a, haha, isn't it cute that we're doing this now? This is like, sorry guys, we were in development hell for like 22 years. Like, we were really working hard on it. It's finally done. Y'all still want this? Like, is that the idea? Have you seen Kangaroo Jack? Oh, fuck no, Griffin. Are you kidding me? Um, why don't you then tell me what you think it's about, and then we'll base the game on that. Kangaroo Jack is an Australian film uh, about a kangaroo. He wears a hat and a shirt, and it's all live action. Um, and his friend, Ernest, from Ernest Goes to Jail, is there, I think. And he uh, sort of befriends Kangaroo Jack in the wildlands of Australia. Um, and there's a, definitely a thing of, like, Kangaroo Jack ran away. Or is that Jack? He ran away, and they have to get him to go come back so he can get in the pouch. Um, no. It's about some, like, mobsters who steal, um... And this is not, not a joke. Like, 50,000... I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. $50,000. <laughs> and then there's, like, this chase to get this kangaroo... That's wearing a jacket and some glasses. Um, mm-hmm. And there was $50,000 in the jacket. And they're like chasing him down. Um, all And get into all sorts of trouble. And I bet some of the mobsters even die trying to get Kangaroo Jack to get back there. Oh my gosh. They're $50,000 that the kangaroo stole. And at some point, I think, if you're like a cool crime person, you just kind of cut your losses and say, yeah, just rob another bank or whatever, dude. Don't like, if you got 50 G's from your bank robbery, that wasn't a very good, like, I don't yeah. want to go point it's break like on you, but that's sports was... tournament. That's not like, that's, that's, even, that's a, way, you win like $1.2 million for winning the T I whatever. Like mm-hmm. 50, 50 G's, like for 50 G's, I would chase a kangaroo like into maybe another state, right? Like I would take like a two, I would take two days off work. Right. And I would get my car. But if car. like one of your friends died trying to chase this kangaroo, it's maybe time to like give up. Um, Charlie and Lewis get into the rented land cruiser and try to grab the money from the jacket on the kangaroo. But the ensuing chase ends with the duo running into a field of termite mounds and crashing into a pile of rocks. At that point, you got to just like, all right, this is this this, classic sunken cost fallacy. This sunk cost fallacy. It's good money after bad. Like we've wrecked Mm -hmm. this land cruiser. That was probably like a new land cruiser is probably about 30 G's. So like, 
we're just not going to recoup these funds. Yeah, it's not it's not a good the ROI seems poor if you die chasing the kangaroo for for 50k. What kind of local tiny baby bank are you robbing? That that's what they I don't have. Know, man. Maybe fifty thousand um, dollars Australian is worth like a million. Like US. in nineties Australian dollars or whatever, it maybe made sense. This um, movie was made in two thousand and three. Oh, well, I didn't know with, that. It was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> um, how about another? I, 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 um, I think this would sell like hotcakes if we made this version of this game now. I think, are you kidding me? I would run, not walk, to the GameStop or wherever to acquire my cartridge of Kangaroo Jack. Are you kidding me? It would be on a cart? Yeah, dude. Like what? Like a Switch card or a GBA card? I think it might be we... Switch, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. That would be fucking funny if it was a Switch launch game. <laughs> we got it, baby. We got the software. We're not making the same mistakes as last time. We got K-Jack. We do have K-Jack. Um, how's your, by the way, quick, quick check-in. How's Switch Life treating you? You know, beat Zelda. Oh, so it's, I'm, I'm guessing it's, you know, it is sitting in your dock right now, fully charged, waiting for, like, It's in my November backpack in a carrying case. Out. Um, and it's just kind of sleeping in there. And it's sleeping yeah. after, it's, it's, it's taking a well-earned rest after a hard month's work. I played the shit out of it. And now it's uh-huh. just kind of now it's kind of taking a nap. Like, ooh, Griffin, you played me real hard. I think I need to recover before the next software, KJack, comes out. I kind of think I should have just. It's weird to me that I haven't built a crib that I put my Nintendo systems in between games at this point because, like, my Wii U, like <laughs> the time between Mario Maker and whatever the fuck was before that, I just like was like probably eighteen months of just sitting under my bed getting dusty. Like, it's it would there sh- Nintendo should really sell just like a. A nice little place. I guess that the Switch comes with that dock, so you can just kind of set it and forget it. It's just a little crib. It's just a little crib for it. Little baby Um, crib. No, I Blockbuster used to do a thing where you could rent a game console for like it was like like fifty bucks for like a week. Right. That would have been cool for (laughs) for the Switch. Maybe. um, Man, my flight out here. um, I had the fun experience that I think anyone who's ever tried to take their Switch anywhere has had. Where I uh, get right on my, I hop on my flight to North Carolina, nonstop flight, San Francisco to North Carolina. It's going to be about four and a half hours ish. Pull out my Nintendo Switch, which I've got in a sock. Um, that was a tip that I saw. I think Steven Totillo on Twitter just said, just put a sock on it. So I put a sock on it. Um, and I pull it out, haven't played it at all in like a week, and it's at like 21% battery. Oh, that's no good. Because the Nintendo Switch does that thing where it's like, press a button three times to unlock it, which is not the most secure locking method of all time. Maybe not. And so, like, I, I've heard all these stories from people who are like, yeah, I pulled it out of my backpack and Zelda was on and my backpack was like a furnace because it was just <laughs> shooting heat into it. And the same thing happened to me. I was just like, well, as but I was I'd, I'd completed sock, three shrines just from it bouncing spooky. around in there. <laughs> it's like, some of them are easy, I guess. That could be, <laughs> depending on the shrines, that could be possible. I know it's just like, I don't know, like, it, as I finished playing the about 11 minutes of Shovel Knight that I got to play before the battery died, I, like, put the sock back on it, and as the sock was halfway over it, it had already unlocked and gone back into the game and the music was playing. Like, it's, like, wow, not a geez, good system. man. Yeah, not great for that, that particular thing. Um, uh, let's, I have an more? idea here that is so choice. It's uh, yeah? from DTX Nouveau, who says, a two-player co-op Pacific Rim game for the Nintendo Switch where you and a friend co-pilot a custom Jaeger or Kaiju. 
Oh my god, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Did you ever, there was that like, there was an E3, I think the E3 before last, before Zelda, where like they were kind of, didn't have a ton of new Switch, or like new Wii U stuff to show, so they showed off like three really weird Miyamoto prototypes, and like one of them was a security camera game, one of them was the a security camera game. game turned into Star Fox uh, Shield or whatever? Goddamn right, Star Fox Grippy Toads Adventure, or whatever yeah. the fuck. Um, but one of them was like this mech game, um, where you're like control. It was called like Project Robot, I think, or something like that. And it's this game where you're like in a giant mech and you're controlling it through motion controls or something. Yeah. Um, this could this could feel like that because imagine like uh, Project Giant Robot is what it was called, and I googled it, and the first result is a a uh, a Polygon article from our own Chelsea Stark who reported this February. Uh, after uh, interviewing, uh, or after a Nintendo's earning report, apparently Nintendo told Polygon, we made the decision to scrap the game after considering our overall product and development strategy. The experiment never got off the ground. Oh, cool. Well, fuck that. We'll make it. <laughs> we'll make it then. But we're doing it with that hot Pacific Rim property. Mm-hmm. There is a second one coming, so that'd be real, real good. Hey, all right. Um... Do we need two separate? Because I one thing that I love about the Switch in theory that I haven't had a single opportunity to fuck with is the idea of like two of us having a Switch together in person and doing some local co-op shits with it. No, I mean um, there's two controllers, so I think we each take one of them and go for it. Okay, we don't have our own separate screens. No, dude, you don't get two as, as separate screens when you're in the drift together. I get. I guess you're not. You are drifting into one consciousness, which is like one one TV screen. And I think you need to like tape your heads together. So like it comes with like a big elastic band that you wrap around yours and a friend's head so it feels like you're in the drift. F- yeah, fully simul fully integrating your mind and body alike into this this drifting experience. Or you could just like just hold your head close to your friend's head. And I guess maybe I don't know how we would um I don't know how how we'd like mandate that on a software level unless the game came with a little egg that you had to hold between your guys' heads without crushing it. That seems like that seems stupid. Can we just use like a Joy-Con? Just stick a Joy-Con. Nah, dude. I think we got to do my DRM egg. <laughs> I'm so sweaty, man. It's fucking out of con- like flop sweats bad. It's coming. The thing is, the sickness isn't just coming out of your pores. It's also coming out of your mouth because you're proposing now that we ship a game with a proprietary. Knowing Nintendo, the game's going to be ninety nine dollars more if we ship with this DRM egg. The vitality egg. The vitality sensing <laughs> egg. So if you, you crush it. That's it. Your time with the game is over, but you and your friend have to put your heads together and hold the egg between it. So it's fragile? It's a fragile, breakable egg? No, it's a fucking sturdy egg, dumb. Yes, it's a fragile, it's a breakable egg. And there's sort of a nonstop Bluetooth. The the system is checking in every three seconds to make sure the egg is intact. It's what? Dude tooth. It needs to know it's it's close to your teeth. Being held between Tooth? yours and your friend's heads, or else the game won't fucking operate, Nick. Well, here's my problem, is that if it's being held between me and my friend's teeth, neither one of us are going to be able to get a real good line of sight on the screen, which is why I think we maybe need to require... No, you're not playing suck and blow. It's, you, you can put you, It's like ear to ear. Oh, it's not going in the teeth, then. No, you're not holding the egg in your mouth, dumb dummy. Because okay. then it might you might eat it or swallow it. I feel it. like we're running into a problem here, Griffin, where a lot of those individual components of what you're picturing and imagining seem very obvious to you. Okay. But the thing is that to me, they're not so obvious. I hold the vitality egg up to my ear like it's telling me a little secret. And mm-hmm. then you put your 
other ear up on the other side of the vitality egg. And all of a sudden, we're holding the vitality egg between our heads. Yeah. Then it 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 lets out a pleasant chime. Ching! And then the game turns on and we can start playing it. And then it's like we're in the drift, right? Because our fucking minds are just like next we're to each so, other. We're so, so fucking close, dude. We're like in sync and like we're like learning like how to control this this robot together, this Jaeger. And then like when the game is over, we hear another chime and that lets us know it's safe to release the egg and we can take it back. And put it back in its charging cradle. We put it back in its charging nest. Um, Do you think, because I'm imagining like well, you and I are going to have to get real real like just perfectly synchronized because like let's say a missile is flying at our jaeger's head we gotta dodge it but do we dodge left or right because if we dodge away from each other egg falls to the ground egg and breaks. we dodge it. towards each other we both got a ear full of nintendo digital cyber yolk <laughs> running down our necks and that's no good either reggie's proprietary cyber yolk <laughs> yeah. that's what he that's that's what he eats for every meal he eats three mm. vitality eggs for every he meal. crushes them up makes he a little he makes a smoothie or something right that's how he's got that he's got that big strong cyber body Mm -hmm. very vital high vitality on that guy i think this might just be it i think this might be the nug and it's uh hardware it's the nintendo vitality egg and we can use this for a lot of things when we want to get two gamers to put their heads really close to each other and what are some other situations in which we might want to achieve that besides in project giant robot colon Pacific Rim 2. Yeah. Well, I think we could make a game just called 3-4 Switch, and it's the sequel, and just, like, this, we could shit that one out, like, pretty quick, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I don't know, Mario Kart, we could do it, just, like... We could do a fun Billy Hatcher sequel. Dude, Billy Hatcher! You like that? Yeah, man. You you like that poll? I thought you'd like that. Excellent. Excellent is right. And this is Sonic Adventure, we can do, like, the KOs. Chows? What the fuck? Chaos? Yeah, is it is it Chow? Chow. You raise Chow in a Chow garden. You're not raising Chaos in a Ko garden. They're not fucking. It's not a boxing match. What the fuck? Chow. Chow. Yeah, so we can do that, and you and your friend have to incubate the Chow with the Vitality Egg. Hmm. I do like and the, that. And so the, gotta... the turnover for these eggs is going to be significant, and we can we're going to move a lot of these puppies, and then we can start selling them in cartons. Get a dozen, a baker's dozen. No, I'm a, I'm excited of the idea of combining that sort of Apple iPhone forced obsolescence, where we make a shitty product that breaks on purpose, with Nintendo's forced scarcity that they do with like I you know, know the Nintendo the the NES Classic. I got make one. A product oh, I don't got one. No, you don't got one. We make a product that's impossible to get and breaks immediately. <laughs> it's the perfect merit, and it's expensive as fuck, probably also right. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I said something earlier I can't stop thinking about, which was a baker's dozen of eggs. Can you imagine if you went to the store and eggs came in a 13-pack? That would be fucked up. It's like 12, but then there's a little sidecar with a bonus egg. Yeah, I think we're more interested in, in when you're buying eggs, you want more of a farmer's dozen, which is 12 eggs. 12 eggs. Human, any other, human any other sort of profession. It's it's just twelve, um, and or or this could be Nintendo's special thing. You know how they had a Mario themed macaroni and cheese back in the day. Um, we could do. You remember? Do you remember their Mario themed mac and cheese? Like back in I think when like Mario sixty four came out. I mean, I, in that era of my life, I was more focused on like the Sonic themed sure, sure, spaghettios. Sure. So. Um, so this would be like you get twelve eggs, and the thirteenth egg is a, a Nintendo Vitality egg. 
and but this pack of eggs costs like 50 bucks but we give a little kickback a little subsidiary mm-hmm. to the good egg farmers and this Dude, is, is us there... this is how we give back to the people it's about time after after the whole controversy with nintendo battling those real farmers to milk those cows i think it's about they need to prove their worth to the farming i didn't community. watch that video but i imagine that it was the nintendo people doing it how one two switch tells you to do it which is just yug tug and yank and yug and tank vigorously at those teats yeah um, so much so, like i i, I don't want to keep like ragging on russ frustick but he would have literally ripped the udders if he had done yeah. it to a real flesh flesh cow so it's, is that what it's, happened is it just reggie like <laughs> all right let's have some nice clean pizza hut fun over here and then he just like <laughs> he de-uttered the cow just tore its whole just tore the whole situation tore the, off. ripped the belly which is one way to get the milk out, but <laughs> it's more than one way to skin a cow. God, Peter's going to hate this episode, Griffin. We can't. He, he just rips the whole udders, and he's like, "Is this not right?" And then he eats Are four you... cyber, four fucking vitality eggs right there. Mm-hmm. Oh man, do you think if there was, um, like six regular chickens' eggs and one? nintendo vitality eggs you could tell which one was the vitality egg. i don't know because like looking the, the nintendo switch is weird because if you take the joy cons off of it it's the first nintendo hardware in a long time where it just doesn't look like nintendo it made like it a, if you just look at the thing by itself it looks like so a I, screen that on like the back of a fucking airplane seat that you'd watch exactly. the snow white and the huntsman on and so maybe that's a new direction for nintendo of like they just Make things that look like things and not Nintendo things. It's just an egg. <laughs> Do you think every job interview at Nintendo in the final round is you walk into a dark room with Reggie Fisame and he extends two palms and in one is a regular egg and in one is a Nintendo Vitality egg. And, and you-, you get it wrong. If you get it right, you get to eat the Vitality egg and become a part of Nintendo. But if you get it wrong, you get eaten by Reggie. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Has, is this the dumbest episode we've maybe ever done? I think it's in the top like five, yeah. <laughs> but I, <clears throat> I just am so in love with the vitality. It's never what you think it's going to be. Sometimes, and it's a mistake that I need to learn to stop making. I go into an episode looking at the submissions, and there's some things I'm like, yeah, maybe that could be the winner. That could be the winner. We really got to feel it out together. And sometimes it comes out as a vitality egg. To summarize, the mm-hmm. vitality egg is a pri- pr- proprietary Nintendo. Hardware, super expensive. Super expensive, very breakable device that you and your friends have to hold together with your heads in order to make the switch activate. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not. It's good. It is good. It is good. Thanks for listening to Cool Games Inc. It's a game design podcast from Polygon. Mm-hmm. I'm um, a, just a flop sweating Griffin McElroy, and I've had a lot of fun here today. Yeah, I'm curious to see how we're going to edit this episode to just get a lot of these moisture. I mean, noise cancellation technology has come really far. So hopefully, if you're hearing this, you're not hearing just the perpetual dripping. Yeah, I think some people will like sort of the, it's sort of like a white noise situation. It's just like being in like an old, dank cave. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe maybe we could go the other way and just throw a little reverb on the whole episode. That way, it completes the vibe that we recorded this one in kind of a wet, wet. uh, Dude, we should do a cave app. We should just do a cave app. Maybe for like the hundredth episode, we'll do a cave app. I haven't gone lunkin in a while. That's what I call spelunkin. I ain't lunked in a minute. I love it. Getting down in the crags. This is my hole.
Thanks for listening to Cool Games Inc. It's a video game design podcast from Polygon.com. Uh, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Nick Robinson. No problem. Fun. <laughs>